Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Hover? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Shane, I can't believe it, man. We sit here and we do this show over and over and over during this mm-hmm. long off season. Yes. The next time we meet, brother, it'll technically be game week because we'll be talking some Vanderbilt, Hawaii. We'll be closer to week one college football. Can you believe it? It's finally, finally almost here. No, it just it doesn't feel real, Mike. And, and it's like, I'm not going to lie. It, it feels like this was one of the longest off seasons ever. And, and maybe, maybe not as long as like the COVID year, obviously that when we were afraid we we're going to lose some football there, but man, this one's been right up there. And <laughs> maybe I say that every <laughs> single year and then right after kick and Hawaii can be like, I can't believe it's almost over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is the, the best time of the year, Shane, everybody's undefeated. Everybody's feeling good. And yeah. that's, Kind of going to be the theme of this episode, Shane. We're going to get to it at the end. But how many wins is it going to take for each SEC fan base to remain happy? I don't even want to do the hot seat talk, Shane, because I feel like there's not really a coach in the SEC on the hot seat. Now, that'll change in a day of hurry. If you start losing a non-conference game or you lose a you know a home game, you shouldn't. But we're we're trying to be optimistic, Shane. So that's how we're going to close. We got a couple of uh, clips here and news items around the SEC. How's that sound, buddy? To close the week strong. Sounds great, man. And, and you're right. It, it it feels weird. It feels like this is a year that there truly is no hot seat talk. I mean, we we kind of talked about the Jimbo's and you know Eli's jumped up, Billy a few, a few times, but not hot. I mean, maybe warm, you know what I'm saying? Some of those are going to be circumstances that they're not really going to be a hot seat because they can't afford to get rid of them. So, but I, I will say this brother, I think that's good. I think that's great that, that we can go through a whole season, but like you said, all it takes is one blunder. And then all of a sudden that seat starts warming up real quick. <laughs> yep. Well, before we get into it, Shane, I, I had to ask you that when I saw this, this had, this is cousin Shane material written all over it. Alabama punter, Shane. He's an Aussie, Shane. James uh-huh. Burnett. Apparently, they took him out to the fine dining restaurant, Outback Steakhouse. Here's a true Aussie, Shane, rating his experience. First time ever, Outback Steakhouse. Uh have to ask, of course, about your, your trip to Outback Steakhouse. Uh, first off, give us a review and, and also what you have. Um, I had the Bloomin' Onion to start. Uh, it was pretty good, pretty solid. That's what I've heard a lot since I've gotten here. Is you got to try the blooming onion. Um, then I had pasta with steak and shrimp, I think. And yeah, it was it was pretty solid. It was it was a good feed, something different. Um, I'll give it a solid like seven point five, eight out of ten. So, all right, Chase. So hey, he's giving it a seven point <laughs> five, eight. That's pretty damn strong right there. But I want to know what does Cousy Shane rate outback and, and what's your go-to dish there mike i love outback i'm surprised they're not a sponsor in this show because i absolutely love them in fact i almost thought it was it was like a fancy restaurant growing up like 
rich kids go to. We don't go to that restaurant, you know, because we can't afford it. And then when I finally got there, no no joke, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you here. We get there and somebody orders one of them prime, uh, prime ribs. You know what I'm saying? It's the first time I've ever seen one. And it's the first time this guy's ever seen one too, apparently. Because we sat down and he's like, this thing is undercooked. <laughs> <laughs> he sent the prime rib back to go get fried on the on the fry pan because he's never seen one before. That's just how poor we are, man. But I will tell you, brother, the reason that I love Outback is because they got so many great dishes. So I, I obviously clearly I've not had dinner yet, Mike. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. You start out with fantastic bread. You then every guy got to get that blooming onion. That's what you're there for. I don't mm-hmm. care all mm-hmm. the other stuff. It's the blooming onion. That's got to be a part of it. That makes it right there a nine for me already and then believe it or not buddy of mine talked me into getting that alice springs chicken and i've not Ooh. looked back brother <laughs> so i've i've not and, and by the time you get done you can't eat dessert you're so full you're drinking beer the whole time yes i am i would say it's not my like top like i got a top three it's right there on the fringe and uh what makes it a little bit more of a delicacy for me is because they moved the closest one to me away, you know? So therefore I took it for granted, Mike, and I'd love to have it back. So I'm talking to you straw planes, but anyway, brother, yes. Uh, the Outback Steakhouse real high on my list. I swear. I was just going to ask you that Shane, when are we going to hit up the strawberry planes Outback when I get down there? It's gone. I don't know what's going on at that exit anymore. So bunch of shenanigans. So they they need to bring it back. Uh, Severeville's got one up there in Gatlinburg. So, you know, or pitching forward. So we can always go up there. It's just, I hate fighting that traffic, man. Yeah. Well, buddy, hey, we opened the last show talking Alex Collins. Uh, Obviously, if you missed it, he tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. All-time great Arkansas running back. And that's saying something, Shane, considering the the running backs they've had come through Fayetteville. But uh, just one of the absolute best, Shane, and uh, one of his former uh, offensive coordinator, of course, Dan Enos, now the coordinator back again at Arkansas. Uh, Just a little tribute here from Dan Enos on Alex Collins. Let's talk about uh, how much influence Alex Collins had on your, on the 2015 team. And just, has he had much influence on your career as a whole? You know, sad, sad news. Alex was a a great player, obviously, but just a wonderful person. Um, Great character. Um, Smile on his face. You guys know you were around him, but practiced really hard. Uh, was a great teammate. Teammates loved him. Um, came came to work every day. Was super competitive. That's what I loved about him. He just, you know, the the bigger the moments, the year I was here with him, the the better he played. Rush from was sixteen hundred yards that year, um, and just did it. Just did a tremendous job um, as a player, but as a, as a person, man, what a great young man. It was fun to be around, fun to coach, and it's just heartbreaking. Um, to have that, you know, had so much life left to live and just a, just a wonderful, beautiful person. And then, you know, you read um, all the things that his teammates say about him, not just here, but his teammates in the National Football League and stuff as well. So obviously prayers to his family and uh, just a just a wonderful human being. All right, Shane. So, I mean, it's just kind of weird how life works. And, and now the, the coordinator for Arkansas, he was the coordinator during that Alex Collins run. So, um, yeah, I just I thought we should really play those comments from someone that knew Alex Collins really well. Yeah, and and uh, you're hearing stories like this all over the place, especially from Arkansas, and 
I mean, he truly was a cool, a cool guy. I wish, I wish I could have met him, you know, uh, but the stories that I'm hearing from, it's just it seemed like he was always a down to earth, you know, he loved, he loved that university, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I always think about when you think about those, uh, just those greats that come to university, maybe, maybe they weren't a Heisman trophy contender or anything like that. They were like ambassadors of your university. You know, they were always promoting you when they had a shot. And it seems like that's what Alex Collins was. So again, truly going to be missed. Great words from Enos here. Yeah. And one other thing from uh, Danny, you know, Shane to fire up the Arkansas fans during a, a, a downtime, obviously, but, uh, that was interesting. You found this clip, buddy, so I got to give you credit. But uh sounds like the install process, Shane, is going better than expected. And this is part of the reason Sam Pittman brought in Dan Enos. Again, during this Alex Collins run, Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach, knows Dan Enos very well, bringing that back together, bringing it back to Fayetteville. Uh, let's kick it over to Dan Enos one more time. You talk about that learning process. How quickly are your guys picking it up and, and that new system that they're it, in? It's been great. i got to be honest. Um, we've had uh, nine practices, mm -hmm. and we've had seven install days, and this might be the first time in my career I didn't have to skip an install day because oh. of overload, if you will. So yeah. it, that's been really encouraging. I think the guys did a tremendous job after spring all summer mm -hmm. working on the stuff that they needed to work on. When they came into camp, they, they were kind of way ahead of, of schedule, to be honest. All right, Chase. So, I mean, this is exactly what everybody wants to hear when they have a new coordinator, particularly, you know, on the side of the ball that we all assume is going to be the stronger suit, the, the side of the ball that's going to have to carry the team potentially early mm -hmm. in the season, if not the entire season. But, uh, I mean, we've had a coach down there. I won't mention his name, Shane, but it was like year two. He was like, yeah, we're about 70% installed. Not yeah. Dan Enos, baby. We're we're in camp. We are ahead of schedule. This is what you want to hear. This is exactly what you want to hear. And you just you could just tell from him. You can even tell from uh from the defensive side the other day. This that this team's bought in, man. And you always worry about that when you get new coordinators. And and usually you're just dealing with one coordinator, not two. And, and so there was this natural transition, but it really feels like these kids have bought in and they're eager to learn and uh ready ready to rock and roll, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Well, next day, let's kick it all down to Auburn, where the big news in the SEC on Thursday, Hugh Freeze has named Peyton Thorne the Michigan State transfer as the starting quarterback, beating out Robbie Ashford for that uh, role heading into the season. And and not much of a surprise, even though, you know, the last scrimmage kind of had us second-guessing. Robbie Ashford, <laughs> is he coming up the charts? But prior to that, we really, you know, it really looked like Peyton Thorne was going to be the guy, and he was. So let's kick it over to Hugh Freeze, Shane, explaining the decision to go with the Michigan State transfer, Peyton Thorne. Coach, there's been reports today that you were uh, going to announce a starting quarterback today in Peyton Thorne. Is yeah, that was, true? Do you want to announce well, that, a, a – I was, I, was, I was going to. You guys seem to uh, know everything before it happens. So, I don't – that's uh, interesting to me because only four people knew that and uh, didn't even tell the staff. So, <laughs> it's interesting to uh, how every, everything works today. But I, it's just it's a different day and time. But, yeah, I've decided to uh, uh, start Peyton – uh, Thorn, and um, let me say this first: I totally believe that Robbie and Holden, uh, we can win games with with any of the three. Um, a lot of that would depend upon 
you know, how we play defensively and, and how the supporting cast play. Uh, I believe in all three of those guys. And there are days that there's been very little separation. Uh, I just believe, man, my gut is usually right. And usually when I follow my gut, um, and I'm not saying my gut is right that Peyton is the guy for all 12 games, or, but my gut is saying it's the time to do this. Uh, to get us best prepared for the opening of the season. Um, this point, I think the separation, uh, t the reason Peyton is getting the nod is just um, the, the leadership ability and uh, understanding uh, of the offense. And um, he's been in some really good battles and um, just seems like he was more efficient in the decision-making uh, to this point. Not that the others were terrible by any means. It was not just a slam dunk. And so I hope um, that everyone will handle it right. This, uh, this is a uh, – I mean, this is happening in a lot of places. NFL, here, you compete, and you continue to compete. And trust me, um, once someone gets that job, they've got to hold on to it. And hopefully uh, the others continue to work every day depressed to, to – Make me feel like I need to second guess that. That's that's the hope. But all right, I mean, this is kind of the theme of uh, you know Hugh when he's talking about Peyton. I mean, they sounds like they're best buddies. They're texting all night yeah. long, and uh, you know, I just it's easy to see Hugh's probably more comfortable with Peyton Thorne executing this offense. And you know, a lot of times you would think the guy that was already there would be in this role, but considering it's a new staff, new players all around them, mm -hmm. I don't want to say Robbie Asher was at a disadvantage, but I think it's fair to say he was at no advantage because everything's new basically for every player on that side of the ball. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things Coach talks about, you know, what really separated him was, was his leadership, which also surprises you, a guy coming in having that ability. But you got to remember – how many people they have transfer in? This is almost like a, a, a new class. You know what I'm saying? It, a lot of kids that Robbie was talking to last year wasn't on this team. So uh, I, I, I find that intriguing, just how this how this played out. But this is what, what I would want, Mike, you know, with so many question marks as far as getting this depth chart right, getting that quarterback laid out here before game prep or week prep. So I, I think this is where you want to be. And I think it's important that they keep Robbie Ashford uh, engaged, Shane, keep him uh, in, still in the mix, probably get him on the field in some situations because hey, we have seen this story before, Shane. I mean, Hendon Hooker got beat out by Joe Milton, right? Uh, Stetson Bennett seemingly got beat out every uh, – Joe Burrow, Ohio State, comes down here, you know, so it – so just because you're not named starter, you know, Robbie Ashford was a raw prospect anyway. I mean, I think if they had their preference, he wouldn't even have played last year, but they kind of had to play him. Right. Uh, this does, is not the end of Robbie Ashford by any means, and that's something kind of Hugh Freeze hit on here as well. See the bench again. And so I want to say this about Robbie. He, he, he will always have a package. If he handles all of this the right way, he, he will he will always have a package because he's just a, he's a, he's he adds an element to us that's a little different. Based on these comments, I I have to believe that uh, Robbie Ashford's still going to play a a role in this offense this fall, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, Robbie, 
you know, it's it's easy for you and me to say, well, this is what he needs to do or this is what he should do. You know, obviously he's got to do what's right for him, but I think it shows more character if you just hang in there. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and learn from Thorne, learn from Hugh Freeze, and 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 just bade your time because you never know. This is going to be a tough season, Auburn fans. I mean, to say you're going to come out here and go 12-0, and 0, it ain't going to happen. And there may be some ups and downs and give you an opportunity to come out there and show what you got. So I, I have full confidence that Hugh is going to give that message to Robbie, and I think Robbie will stick around. Uh, and if he does so, man, you know he may be better for it. Mm-hmm. All right, say so next, let's get on down to Kentucky, where, again, this was another Shane Nugget. I was so busy, I- Mike. Yeah, you just <laughs> took the day off, you know, and I've been out here looking. <laughs> but I love these ones, Shane, from J.Q. Hardaway, the uh, Cincinnati, I believe, transfer yep. for Kentucky at corner, uh, was one of the top defensive back corner prospects in the entire portal when they got him. And just the fact that Liam Cohen, how – his fingerprints are all over this offense and what this is doing to help the defense prepare and, and really these outstanding receivers, Barion Brown, Dane Key, Davian Robson, Schmar Porter, yeah. throw him into the mix as well, uh, really challenging the defensive backs there at Kentucky during camp. You know, he still has some coaching up to do, yeah. certain just things to be critiqued, but, yeah, he was very pleased on our tackling. Is, is the sense level different here from where you come from? Uh, I would say football is football, but the speed and the receiver group we have is definitely different, man. I'm coming every day to compete against Barry on Brown and Dane Key, so it's a challenge. Every day I get up to bed, I'm excited to compete against the best. That's what I came here for. How do you feel like the defense has done on just making the, the job tough for Devin and, and the offense? I think they, I think we did a really good job, but I also feel like the offense, that goes for the offense too. Like a lot of the formation Coach Coyne gets and like a lot of the route concepts, man, I feel like when we play another team, we're going to be – very prepared because they're giving us crazy looks. All right, Shay. I mean, it seems like different episode. We're saying, who's the best receiving core in the SEC? <laughs> we change our mind just about every other ever <laughs> show here. But, uh, you know, based on these comments, we, we already have Kentucky in the mix, but the answer could be Kentucky. You know what? Absolutely. I mean, I, like, I hate saying that. I'm not going to say it again. Iron sharpens iron, Mike, you know. <laughs> and, and sometimes when you're not going against elite offense, you know, I think the defense gets a little lax. They get a little comfortable, especially here in fall camp. And sometimes it, it takes a punch in the mouth to realize, hey, we still got some work to do. We're not there yet. So, yeah, these, these boys are giving that defense a run for their money. And this is a good defense. Kentucky's going to have one of the top, top defenses in the SEC. And they're going to be better because of what Cohen and, and company are doing on that side of the ball. Now, they're going to need some help at linebacker, though, Shane. I mean, they got some quality options, but they lost a couple of six-year guys. I've just finally exhausted their eligibility up there in Lexington. And one of the names to know, Shane, Keaton Wade, former stud prospect here. Here's defensive coordinator Brad White talking uh, the emergence of Keaton Wade during training camp. Keaton got his uh, feet wet last season, made some good plays for you. What have you seen? from him kind of taking that next step between that first and second year. You know, Keaton and I have had a lot of talks uh, about this being a big jump here because he is a guy that can be a dominant player. Um, for him, and we always talk about, all right, what does it take, right? We've talked about all these other players. What does it take to get them? For him, he has to – he's a very easygoing young man. 
he, he's very level-headed he's even keel uh not not too high not too low and that's what you want you know from guys but at the same time you need within a play you need little spikes and he'll have plays that he just stays even keel it's like no like this is a play that i need you to amp up like you it's okay to get angry or to get mad and when he has those moments i try to encourage him like that's okay like i want you to get all the way up to the line well that's right. this is exactly what you want to be hearing about your young players and again we, we hit on it on a recent episode i mean nobody in the sec in recent history develops better yeah. than kentucky and this is just the latest example where you know, sometimes you sign a four-star, you want him to come in right away, be a stud. That's just not always realistic, particularly in this league. At Kentucky, mm-hmm. it's year two, it's year three. You come onto the scene, and you could be one of the best defensive players in the conference. And, uh, you know, they don't need Wade to be that. They need him to be the third or fourth best linebacker on the team. And it certainly sounds like he's got the capability of, of doing that and a lot more. Getting back to our roots, Mike. You know, what makes Kentucky good – progression and if we don't have it it feels like it it bites us in the ass sometimes i love this i love my coach coming out here and saying these comments because you you emulate that through the whole team you put in the work you can be the best and and you hear some of these other coaches trying to get that out of the players it feels like we're getting that in kentucky already so yeah a lot of kids contributed last year freshmen sophomores you know they're going to take that step forward this season Mm mm-hmm all right, Jane, final team to hit on here before we get to uh, what it's going to take to keep all of these fans happy this fall. Let's kick it all down to Oxford. Another Shane dime here. I appreciate you, Shane, working overtime. But uh, Lane Kiffin has not had great depth at tight end. And, mm-hmm. you know, he loves to utilize the tight end, Shane. I mean, he, he did it at Bama and FAU. He had a, I, I think – uh, he had a guy at the NFL uh, that that he coached at FAU at that tight end position. Yeah. His first year at Ole Miss, they had Kenny Yaboa, was a transfer from Temple, I think, who was on no NFL radar. Now he's in the NFL. He had a big 2020 season, and remember that was the COVID year, so yeah, barely had time to uh, you know get get him into the playbook. But yet we've been missing that, Shane, and we thought that was going to be Michael Trigg. Last season, he didn't quite live up to the expectations. I hear, you know, his commitment to what it takes to be great, not always there. Well, what do you do? You bring in another transfer, Caden Priestcorn from Memphis, who's already been named yeah. a team captain. He's going to push Trigg. They got uh, redshirt sophomore Hudson Wolf. That was a, a coveted guy that uh, Tennessee, he was committed to Tennessee at one point. Kyron Heath and Javante Connor, they, they've got some depth at the tight end position and that's something that Lane Kiffin noted here on Thursday. Mention the depth of the tight end room, just kind of your assessment of Hudson Wolf and how he's done from the injury he's been coming back from. Yeah, I think JDB's really restructured this room really well. This has been an issue since we've been here. When we got here to, you guys have seen where we played a game without one last year, and um, to now have you know, quality competition really deep four or five guys in there that, you know, are doing things. Um, so it's been really good. It's really refreshing. And, um, you know, that's our goal. You know, if you want a good team, you got to break it down smaller and say, okay, 
you know, you got to really improve each position group. And so if our whole team had improved in the last few years, like our tight end group, we'd be a really special personnel team. Um, so that, that's our goal. And make some, those changes in some spots like tight end, like quarterback. Now, Shane, I mean, this is just something we've kind of overlooked with Ole Miss with, you know, we're hyping up Jackson Dart. We're hyping up Jenkins. Jenkins don't need any hype, but yeah. they're always great on the offensive line under Kiffin. They've got all these emerging receivers completely overlooked tight end. And if yeah. we've got that solved, I mean, buddy, I mean, this, this is why I'm so high on Ole Miss, Shane. I mean, I think they could have one of the best, if not the best offense in the SEC. Uh, if all these players emerge, uh, you know, there is no better. I mean, I think Josh Heupel, A. Kiffin, I, I think they're 1A, 1B when it comes to play calling. So I don't know that there's anyone better than Lane Kiffin. If he's got the right pieces to work with, Ole Miss is in for a great season. That's it, man. You just got to have the right pieces. And, you know, and I tied in, he even mentioned, you know, we didn't have a piece sometimes. So it, you go into a season with a whole bunch of talent in one room, it's going to make whoever your alpha dog is better. And and sometimes I think we get – I think we've been saying this for the last couple of weeks here, Mike. You get that complacency. If you're if you're the only cat in town, yep. why work harder? You know, and then it shows up on Saturday if you're not as productive as you should be. So now you got a room full, and he's doing it with quarterbacks. He's doing it with tight ends. You know, Lane Lane wasn't too happy about a lot of stuff during this press conference, but he did mention defense, and he loves them tight ends. So hey, I know them old Miss fans are happy with that. Well, let's keep them happy, Shane. Let's talk about what it's going to take to keep every SEC fan base happy this fall, Shane. And let's start with the West, toughest division in the country this year, at least it looks like on paper. Alabama, what's it going to take win-wise to keep them fans happy? And you can go any direction you want on this, Shane. You could you could even say national championship, SEC. I mean, the the standard that that is the gold standard. Even though Georgia has won back to back national championships, but I mean, I think short of I almost want to say I almost want to say twelve and zero, man. Yeah. So you, you think that's yeah? I mean, I I think that is kind of fair at this point in time with with so many home games, critical games at home. I don't think eleven and one's keeping many Alabama fans happy. I think I think they'll I think they'll be okay with eleven one, maybe not deep down inside, long as they get an, an opportunity to get into a college football playoff. I think that's the big one, Mike. Being yeah. left out. Yeah. Watching those four teams and one of them went in the Crimson Tide, I think that was the toughest the toughest pill to swallow last year. But also, losing those games, those close games, we all know them, LSU and Tennessee, those are pivotal matchups that Nick Saban's not used to losing. So, you know, Mike, you know, you, you get on these boys, the decade dysfunction is kicking off here, but – you know they're not ready. They're not ready to admit that. They're ready to stay uh, relevant and, and compete for SEC championships. So I think you got to go twelve and zero, Mike, or, or they're not going to be. They're not going to be happy. And that sounds crazy. And it's a tough schedule. I get it. But that's where the expectations are when you got Nick Saban as a coach. Right. Well, how about Arkansas, Shane? Who's? I mean, they got four very winnable non-conference games. They probably should win. So. Uh, you know, the fans are not going to accept any losses there. So we're already up to four. Yeah. 
It's a gauntlet in the middle of the schedule. They're at LSU, A&M, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. I don't know who the hell gave them that, but whew, I mean, getting two out of there was is going to keep most fans happy. So, yeah, I'm thinking to keep Arkansas fans happy, Shane. Not that they're, this is the bar or anything, but I think it's going to take eight eight wins to keep Arkansas yeah. fans happy. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same eight to nine because they're, they're doing this and every team does this right now. You know, you start getting, you know, that that gut feeling that hey, this may be the year. <laughs> you know, you see a video from I, I, I we got props to our uh, our media guy the other day from uh, he's doing a hell of a job, brother, and, and he's putting these tapes out and everybody's like, well, look at this, man. Now we got to check. We got a tight end. Check our receivers look good. Defense keeps getting better. By the time kickoff, they're expecting the steel curtain up front, it sounds like, Mike. So the expectations keep going up and up and up. And I think that's what's you got to be careful, you know, because again, you got a gauntlet. You're going through the West. So uh, I'm going, I'm going eight, nine wins. Maybe I'm leading maybe even nine wins, Mike, by the time this kickoff comes around because. It's time, you know. You're looking at Sam. He's had some time to get some classes in here, and and the expect, you know, he's coming out with that confidence. So I'm gonna go nine. I'm gonna go. They got to get nine, or they're not gonna be happy. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right, Shane. I mean, you got Texas. I mean, think about it. It's going to come to Texas A and M, LSU, um, Alabama. uh, Who else would Ole Miss? Maybe Ole Miss. Those four. So. Maybe Mississippi State, Missouri. I mean, you got you got five, six games in there that are that are going to be tough. But there's really three that are circled. Like, okay, if we lose this one, you know, don't want to, but we 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 have before. I can so, hear all our Missouri fans, Shane. They're typing right now. You son of a bitch. We never lose to our. <laughs> I mean, we're just completely overlooking that one. It is a home game for us. I did mention I did mention Mizzou there. Oh, on okay. The, on the okay. Tele- I just I think when you talk to an Arkansas fan, though, right, right, that they're. they're oh, Oh my God! They, they can't believe they, don't they even, never lost to them. They they can't believe Missouri's even a state, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Like short of Branson, who the hell's going there? That's what they're saying. So no, that's where Arkansas's at. And but again, when they're looking at it, they're looking at the Texas A&M. They're looking at LSU. They're looking at Bama. They're looking at those three. If we if we could win one of those, or if we could win two of those, that's that's where they're at. They're not acknowledging the Mississippi states, the Ole Misses, and the Arkansas. Those are tough games, and sometimes have and many times have been them in the ass. So I'm not saying they're they're out of the woods here, but I think that's where we're at as a fan base is like nine. Nine's where we got to be. How about Auburn, Shane? I mean, this is a tricky one because, yeah. I mean, you're hearing some fans saying, by God, can we win 10? Can we do it this year? And I'm saying, ooh, ooh pump the brakes a little bit here. I, I get it. We're excited. Uh, you know, the, the future is bright under Hugh Freeze. I would have said six, Shane, just making a bowl game. I, I would have said six all off season leading up to probably media days, but I don't think that's going to cut it to keep people happy, Shane. I, I think they got to win seven to keep people over the moon like they are. And, and they're going to be truthfully, you know, gun to their head. They're probably going to tell you they want eight, but I, I think we got to be a little bit realistic year one. I, I think seven and five, is a good start. Maybe get an eighth win in a bowl game, but uh, yeah. I, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good point, Mike. And, and and Auburn fans are back in. They're all in. They're, they're and they they should can't, be. 
Yeah, I, I get it. And they they're they're pumped up about the quarterback race. You know, I think they think they've crowned Thorn. They're all in. They're selling jerseys right now. This kid's making a fortune. But I, I the problem is we got to be realistic. Like you said, we to to just say that they could just flip the switch and all of a sudden become an eight win team. You know, if if you're being honest with yourself, I think they're happy with seven as long as those seven are sexy. And, and by sexy, I mean some blowouts in there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Little glimpses of of the future. You know, not 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 close games. You know, when you're looking at UMass and Sanford, and you know those those got to be 40, 50 point games. You know, and, and maybe sneak up on a on an Ole Miss or a, a, an Alabama or Texas A and M. One of these guys. I, I think they're looking. If they could get one of those and seven wins, I think they'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. All right, how about LSU, buddy? Just won the West. <laughs> I, I think right now to keep that fan base happy, Shane, I think it's eleven. I think I think I don't think any LSU fan demands to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So I think they'd give them a pass on that. But if they lose to Florida State in the opener again, we don't think they will. But should they yeah. do that, I think the expect they'd be like, well, you better win out now. Kelly, you know what I mean? So I, I yeah. think 11, I think that's probably the number for LSU fans. Oh, I, I agree. I agree with you here. This is a team that went to a, a, an SEC championship expecting to do that again, to, to be one of those teams that's brought up when you're talking about college football playoffs. To do that, you can't lose two games. You can lose one and, and still get in there, but you can't lose two. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, I, I think LSU, they've got Alabama – it circled as the only game that that is a toss-up you know what i'm saying and uh if they lose that one they're like well we're still in the playoffs but if we win it like we think we will like we did last year then we'll be we'll be in great shape so yeah i'm with you here brother the 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 pressure's on and it's crazy year two but they're looking at they like hey we got a heisman quarterback we got the best receiver in the game our defense is legit you know yep. we got all our boys back so yeah that they're they're reading the the clippings just like you and me and they're they're pumped up now how about old miss shane tricky schedule you get georgia out of the east and it's even on the road you get bama on the road lsu right after bama arkansas at auburn that's a brutal stretch but Won eight games last year. We're kind of disappointed with that. And and I realize some incredibly difficult games here. You lost the Egg Bowl as well. I think the expectation, fair or not, I mean, he's a I think he's paid, you know, ten million dollars now, Lane Kiffin is. We gotta win the games we're supposed to, and we gotta win one or two. We gotta upset somebody. So I'm going nine. I th- I think it's gonna take nine wins to keep the vast majority of Ole Miss fans happy. And I don't think that's too unrealistic. Do you? I don't, I don't. Nine's tough, Mike. I, I think, you know, knowing how, cause they've had some dark days too. You know what I'm saying? What, mm-hmm. what too long ago an offensive line was your coach, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so no offense. I love the kid, you know, but I, I think as a rebel fan, eight is anything less than eight is we're panicking a little bit mm-hmm. because like you said, we're expecting progression. I'm I'm going to lower it just a little bit. I'm going to say eight, okay. but, but nine is, is one that they've got their progress. That's what they want to see here. Right. So maybe if it was not at Georgia, instead it was, 
I don't know, yeah. fl- at Florida or something. You, you'd probably change that to nine. Absolutely. Nine. It's just Georgia's – I mean, you, you can almost – you ask any Ole Miss fan, there's one out of a hundred are going to say, yeah, we can beat them, you know? Right. Other than that, they're expecting that to be a loss. So that's a team you don't typically play. So, yeah, I, I think eight eight you'll be okay with because of Georgia. If Georgia wasn't on the schedule, nine is the obvious answer. How about Mississippi State, Shane? I'm going ten. Listen to these fans here. I mean, by God, don't you <laughs> dare disrespect us. I'm, I'm kidding with the ten, but – uh, I mean, expectations are high, Shane. They're they're not expecting a big drop off. I got eight home games. I, yeah. The thing I love about this schedule, Shane, every road game is winnable. We've said that before, and I I truly believe it. But uh, you know, first year, some staff turnover. I think Mississippi State fans, Shane, fair or not, I think they're anticipating eight wins here. Is, yeah, you think that's that's correct. No, I think more, man. Uh, Mississippi State fans, they're they're on a different level right now because they had the nine wins last year. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't regular season, so I guess you got to skew that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would say eight will be okay given the situation, losing losing coach, obviously. Um, I, I, think, I think you could count that as a, su- a success, but, you know, you talk to any – any bulldog fan they they they're quick to remind you of Will Rogers and this high flying offense and how good it's going to look this year and the defense is not going to miss a beat so you you come in with those types of expectations then you're you're right back at nine talk so right. hey, I I would say I'm going to go eight with you here Mike uh, but I still think that they're again their goals are going to be a little bit higher than they were last year mm. now how about Texas A and M Shay this is an interesting one. Again, you get Bama at home. You don't got to play Georgia. You do got to go to LSU. But the non-conference, you know, at Miami is a little tricky, but the rest very winnable. I mean, I think it's kind of sad to say, Shane, but, I mean, it would be a massive improvement. I think nine wins is would keep fans happy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to say 10, Shane, but I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you could say, all right, double our win total, and and I'll be happy. That that I, they should be winning ten. This is year six. This is ridiculous. It, it, the number should be ten, but I think the true number is nine. I think it should be ten, and it kind of blows my mind. The and I'm not I'm not wrapping all fan base into into one, but you know, there's there's a lot of hesitancy with this season in mm-hmm. competing for an SEC championship or actually, you know making a college football playoff. It, it just feels like we don't have that yet for some reason, even though you and I are, it feels like we're just pulling this wagon and say, damn boys, you're here. You know, just, just, they put it together and they stay healthy. There's a real good shot. I, I think it should be 10, Mike. That's what I'm expecting. So, and I'm a little bit of an Aggie <laughs> fan just because I always pick on them, you know, but, uh, but I think this fan base nine is, is, would be a good, would be a good spot. Well, I'll tell you what else is a good spot, Shane, and that's Game Time Sidekicks. Don't forget to head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com and put in that promo code SEC at checkout for 20% off your entire order, Shane. We both got our Game Time Sidekicks here. This is officially licensed NCAA product here. They got all SEC teams, including Texas and Oklahoma, as well as the rest of the Power Five represented. So you want to help the podcast, 
Head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use that promo code SEC. You will not be disappointed, I promise you, in Game Time Sidekicks. Tremendous, tremendous stuff they produce there. It's a small business. Help small business. Help the podcast at the same time. Come on, man. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Shane, Manscaped back for another season. Head on over to Manscaped.com. And don't forget, same promo code, SEC, 20% off and free shipping, including international shipping. Shane, we got a couple international listeners. Yeah. Hook it up. Get that Manscaped for you. The Beard Hedger Pro. Shane, cannot recommend this product enough. They sent us... Two, one each. I wish they sent us two each. That'd be kind of cool. But one each. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we partnered with Manscaped. I'm telling you, this product has come a long way in just a yeah. couple of years. And I was happy with the one I had. I didn't even know what I was missing, Shane, until I got this <laughs> Beard Hedger Pro. It truly is a great product. And, again, you'll be really helping out the show. Get a gift for somebody out there. Manscaped.com, promo code SEC, 20% off your entire order. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What I love about it, man, they just last forever, you know? Both of them. They both will last forever. <laughs> well, speaking of lasting forever, Shane, and Florida Gators and Billy Napier, what are the <laughs> expectations there for Uncle Billy down there? Coming off a, a so-so year, and this year the, the schedule is a gauntlet. we got to factor that into it. But, again, this is the Florida Gators, brother. And yeah. I don't care what the over-under is. I don't care, you know, that some people are, are saying, well, the schedule's a damn gauntlet. I think to yeah. keep the fans happy, Shane, we got to turn this corner. we got to upset at least one team. And, again, I'm not saying we're going to run him off or anything. We don't hit this number. But I think seven. I think seven would – Keep the fan base happy for another year. Sign us a top five class. Get some momentum heading into a big 2024. What's your thoughts on that number? Yeah, I think that that recruiting class is obviously the wild card in this situation. But I'm thinking eight, man. And the reason I'm saying that is it is the Florida Gators. And there's just – 
There's just those expectations. That's that's what we brought you here for was to make this program better and make it better quicker. And so going to six six wins or seven wins, that's not quick enough for this fan base. You know, we're already getting the Heismerts and the and, and and how great this defensive lineman look. You know, I got to see them boys the other day. Damn, they're some absolute monsters up front. I will tell you that. They're gonna eat up some blocks, but <laughs> That's where we're at when you're at the Florida Gator. So, yeah, Mike, I I know it's crazy. I don't think it should be, but I think eight wins is where the Florida Gators want. Well, we already know the answer for Georgia, Shay. So let me just ask it to you this way. Mm-hmm. And I realize this is not going to be very popular. So I, I think the e- this is going to be an easy answer for you, Shane. But if they go 14-1 and one, <laughs> but do not win the national championship, I mean, those fans are not going to be happy, are they? No, they're not going to be happy at all. And I I, th- I think that's where we're at now, you know, and it's crazy. You get How about 14 you, and 1 with a national champ? Will they will they even accept that or yeah. will they say give it to say, give it to the runner up? We don't want that. It, there's a loss they, they here. Want, they want to do something that's not been done, you know. That's where they're at right now. <laughs> They're 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 expanding the stadium and shit. You know they're they're getting ready. They're, the trophy case is getting added to. They've already they've already dust off a spot for the new national championship trophy. So, yeah, that's where we're at as a bulldog is is perfection. So right, right. Uh, short of that, I mean, you could lose one. Now, what would be wild would be losing an SEC championship game, maybe to a Bama or something like that. That would be. They would be disappointed in that because they're above Bama, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, short of that, I don't. I don't think you can really disappoint these guys. I, I'll just tell you what, Shane. I mean, I, and I love it because uh, the back and forth is fun. But you could feel that these fans have been tormented for forty years because they are tormenting yeah. the shit out of everybody else. <laughs> for, you know, even after back to back national championship, they're they're feeling it and they deserve it. They got they got the best damn team in the country, best program, best coach Absolutely. in the country. And you know, I wanted I'd I'd love to talk to Kirby and be like, does it make it more personal? I mean, playing for Georgia. You know, because I, I saw yeah. the games, you know, especially like Tennessee where you didn't win and, you know, you had a hell of a matchup. But I wonder if, you know, he just seems like one of those guys that carries a little extra grudge against those East opponents just because he was in it. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it. I don't, I don't think he'll ever leave Georgia for another college job. I think the only no. job he would no. leave maybe NFL, and I have no idea if he has any NFL aspirations, but – you got you got to love that if you're a Georgia fan. You Absolutely. Know Absolutely. All right, how about Kentucky, Shane? Interesting one here. I mean, hell, we've won 10 games, two out of the last five years. Could be three out of the last six. But we're catching Alabama this year. Yep. We're going to Georgia. Ten. I mean, this, this, Ten, this, Mike. this is cheating a little <laughs> bit here, Shane, but I'll, I'll go nine as long as they beat them vols they that's the one <laughs> you gotta circle it i mean hell i almost think you know two and ten will be fine as long as they beat them vols but uh that's one they've got to get out from under so i'm going nine but i see i could see ten yeah it's ramped up real quick with the 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 transfers that's came in up there it's you know they're ready they ain't missing a beat they're ready to get back to 10 wins and and I think this is a team that expects to beat Tennessee, expects to beat teams like Missouri, you know, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, those are going to be tough, tough matchups. But I think deep down inside, they're like, hey, if we catch them right, 
You know, they're human. Out, we got to see it last year. Maybe not Georgia, but Tennessee, definitely Alabama. You know, so right. I don't know. I, I'm 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 stuck at ten here. I think if you don't get ten, they're going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> well, pressure's I'll tell you, on. Who won't be disappointed as long as they live up to Cousy Shades' expectations? I mean, my gosh, you got these Mizzou fans thinking they're going to win 15 games this year. So, I mean, I don't even know what number would you even go with Missouri right now? Well, I I, I think nine is, is where we're at as far as, like, they would be happy, I, mm-hmm. I think. You know, I, I, I believe there's a few – few guys like me out there floating around saying 10 possible, you know, 11 possible if, if they play their cards right. But, you know, this is a team that's not had a winning season in, in a while. So just getting over that hump would be, would be phenomenal, but I think they want to crush it. So eight, nine. Yeah. That's where I'm going to be with Mizzou here. Got to get, got to, got to have a big year. Right. I'm going to lean eight on this one, Shane. And again, they're not going to be, Throwing a parade if they go eight and four, but I think that would be a significant step in the right direction. Anything over that, like you're saying, could happen. Yeah, we may have to extend Eli once again. You know, what? <laughs> dude, they're I'm telling you, they're they're living it. They love it right now. They're they're on cloud nine, and uh, I love it. I I love the energy of that fan base right now. Well, another one that's feeling it, Shane, South Carolina. This is a tough one, though, given, you know, we've gone on and on and on about how difficult the schedule is. So I think it'd be a – I don't even want to say disappointing, Shane, but if they go 8-4 and four again, I I think most of the fans will be happy, but um, I almost want to say 9, Shane, but I, I, almost, I don't know if that's fair given that – they obviously play the SEC schedule, and they sandwich that in between North Carolina and Clemson. I mean, this is just a damn gauntlet. So I, I'm going eight. What's the number for you? Yeah, I'm going to go eight, too. Um, like you said, I, I think there's a few there's a few diehards out there that are thinking this is it, you know. Rattler's mm-hmm. got – I've seen – everybody's seen the comments, you know, about how confident and how good he looks in camp and – all this stuff and you're, you're, you're reading it. But again, we got these little injury bugs that keep popping up and, you know, so I think that's going to tamper a few expectations, but it is a tough, tough gauntlet they got here. And I think at the end of the season, if you're sitting there at eight and four, and it'd be really nice if one of those was Clemson, it'd be really nice if one of those was Tennessee, you know, I think that's where we're at too. How, which four did we lose? You know? <laughs> so, uh, that may be a part of it as well. Uh, but yeah, eight, nine, we're right there at that mark. Uh, because again, expectations, man, they're, they're starting to pile up there in Columbia. Yeah. And I think you made a great point there, Shane, that if that eight includes Clemson, I think they're happy. If yeah. it doesn't, they're probably not. I mean, it, it really does come down to that. You know what? I'm not happy. Yeah. That, Clemson's <laughs> definitely got to be one of them. Not so much the volunteers, but, but definitely Clemson. You can't right, beat I'm, both Orange teams, you know? Not, not again. They, they beat their ass last year. All right, how about Tennessee, Shane? What's the number for them? Vols? And I, I don't know if you're going to like it, Shane, but I'm going to go nine, even though that, that it would be a step back. I think – I don't know that's the expectation, but I I was thinking about it like this today, Shane. And I realized, you know, this is not how it really works. But if I were to tell you 
Remember the, the day Josh Heupel got hired, and I would say about 85% of Tennessee fans were pissed. <laughs> if I could fast forward and say year three, you're winning in the swamp, you're winning nine games, I think 100% of the fan base would have accepted that. I don't think 100% would accept it next year, but I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Nine wins is, as long as one of them's Florida on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm – problem is mike last year you can't you can't just go from 11 wins and say you know what you're gonna be good with nine no we ain't gonna be good with nine well they could get to 10 with the bowl game i mean well i yeah but i'm thinking 11 again you know maybe (laughs) with the the bowl game you know yeah yeah it's it's just for tennessee fan i think you're looking at georgia and alabama Mm -hmm. you know texas a&m maybe yep kentucky maybe missouri maybe but really I'm South looking Carolina? for a, no, no, I don't think so. so that, Florida, you, dude, you pull any volunteer right now? None mm-hmm. of them are scared of South Carolina, even though they beat us. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, brother, but we, but it's almost like our brain can't comprehend. Like we've got all these excuses of why we lost that game. <laughs> it wasn't because of them. It was because we didn't want to play, you know, or something yeah. like that. You know, that's just kind of the mentality a volunteer base has. I guarantee it. Just pull them. That's what they're going to say. But South Carolina is going to say the exact same thing. That's why that game's going to be so fun. So, uh, but I think as a volunteer fan, you're, you're you don't want to take a step back because we're 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 thinking we've arrived, Mike. And if you've arrived, then you're competing every year for a, a championship. You're competing every year for for a one of the four spots in the college football playoffs. You can't do that with nine. You can do that with 10. So I think uh, short of short of now, don't get me wrong. When we get to nine, how did we lose the three? I think that's going to be a thing too, because you know, years past Tennessee would get blown out by Alabama or blown out by Georgia. If we lost to Alabama by five or we lost to Georgia by 11 or, you know, Texas A&M upset us with a field goal or something like that. I think we can justify it. You just can't get blown out like you did against South Carolina and like you did against Georgia. Mm -hmm. All right. So last but not least Vanderbilt. This is another tough one. Shay just, Won five games. Won five games. Do it again. I I think the number is six for them Commodores. How about you? Yeah, I think it's bowl time. You know what I'm saying? I I think that's where we're at with Vandy. And, uh, you know, again, these gaps. Even if you lose six, we just can't. We're tired of losing by multiple touchdowns, you know. This this thing's got to be closer. So I think even some of these ball games that they do lose, they'll be upset if they're by 30, 40 points, you know. Yeah. Well, buddy, I'm I'm tired of talking about it. I want to see it on the field, and we're <laughs> going to be seeing it before you can believe it, brother. You know what? We're going to be doing it in person. I, I cannot wait for the, the season, and, and technically, you know, by the next time we meet, it will be game week. You ever do a show, and then right at the end, you're just like, damn, I shouldn't have talked so much about that. Because I know I'm going to hear it tomorrow, you know. I can see, I can hear them Gamecocks now. They can't wait to. I, I know the score last year, you know, because every time I say anything about South Carolina, I'm reminded by about 40 messages of what the score was last year. But I'm just telling you, as a ball fan, that's how they see. I'm already, you know. 
You know, we'll move on. It's coming. It's coming, baby. Hey, it's coming. Ain't that right? Dude, that just that pumps me up. Next Saturday, we're going to have football. It's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, one thing, Mike, I want to remind the listeners, uh, don't forget, we're going live Sunday, 4 o'clock. Set your timers. Uh, we're going to be on YouTube, Facebook. Twitters, all the all the all the social medias will have it. Uh, get on there, interact. You can tell me how stupid I am for thinking that that Tennessee's just going to smoke South Carolina this year. But uh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, I appreciate you as always. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.